three, two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra Podcast. I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. Monumental day uh, on the podcast. This is episode number 200. We've reached the 200 podcast milestone. This will definitely be our best one yet. We're definitely not going to mail it in like we do most weeks on the podcast. If we got 1% better every week, we'd be so good by now. We'd be 200% better right yeah. now than we were. At I the start. think the math checks out on that. I don't think we're 200% better now than we were when you started. Maybe we are. I don't know. But you know what? We're going to push on. we got a lot to talk about. We were uh, able to observe a Husker practice yesterday, only, though only one of us three actually observed it. Uh, we're going to talk a little Adrian Martinez. We're going to talk a little Nick Henrich. We're going to talk a little Xavier Betts. It's football season, people. We're yeah. three weeks and two days out from the first game. How about that? 23 days out from the first game right now. August 28th, Champaign, Illinois. Going to be here before we know it. So let's get right into it, right? I guess, uh, do we want to start with what we saw, what you saw at practice yesterday, Parker? Sure. They stretched. Yeah, it was great. Everybody looked good. They ran around. Yeah. They threw the ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was mostly like it was, it was pretty – those things are mostly like the practical reason why Nebraska does that is for uh, the TV stations and, and photographers to take advantage and, and have sort of fresh stuff to work with. Um, so I guess basically, especially for the first time, like I'm going to, I'm going to try, we didn't see any like lot team period type things. Yeah. Um, hardly even full groups like working together. So it was, you know, at one point, like Matt Sickerman, okay, yeah, there's a sort of a top offensive line. Um, but there wasn't much in the way of, like, here's what you would come away with as a full starting lineup or anything like that. So, honestly, a lot of it for me is just about seeing first impressions of, of guys that maybe you haven't seen before or you've heard um, have made some change to the body or whatever. Um, and so, uh, I guess the most interesting things that came out of the 25 minutes – and then subsequently talking with Matt Lubick and some of the offensive coaches afterward, um, the, the most newsworthy thing probably is Marquis Steps' health, which is ahead of where Nebraska uh, coaches and trainers thought he might be early in camp. Um, he looked pretty good. Now, again, like today, Thursday, uh, is the first day in full pads. We were there a little bit on Wednesday. So that's if he's got limitations, those are going to show through at this point when they put the pads on when they go live and all that, but for what it was, which was early in a practice um, where they were just in helmets and shoulder pads, he looked pretty good. He was cutting, he was running, um, he was doing everything that the other running backs were doing. So that's going to make for a really interesting position battle there. Um, and then the other thing was just seeing some guys physically. I mean, Nebraska's two freshman defensive linemen, Raquan Buckley and Jalen Weaver are both massive people. Um, they're 18, they have a long way to go, but, um, you know, Nebraska looks like a big 10 team in, in, on both trenches. And those guys certainly only add to that similar with the receiver group, you know, as a first time I'd seen Latrell Neville, I guess, at a, at a Friday night lights camp, but to see Latrell Neville and Camonte Grimes and Sean Hardy, the three freshman receivers standing and, and running next to Samari Ture and Omar Manning and all those guys, it gives you an idea of sort of like where they're at physically. Um, same with Chancellor Brewington, who's a walk-on receiver from transfer from uh, Northern Arizona. All four of those guys are big, long, wider. They fit right in basically with kind of like us, big and long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rangy. They're rangy. Big lovers. Like, yeah. Yeah. Long, long lover. 
So, so that's sort of an interesting, I mean, I, those four guys, I mean, if you were to ask me today, do you think any of the four are going to make a big impact this fall? I mean, I would lean toward no, you never know with a freshman. Um, but those, those guys have just added to what Nebraska's receiver room has become, which is largely a group of big, strong, um, guys. And so that, that, that was probably the most interesting stuff. Um, you don't take a lot of, you don't take a lot of real deep substance out of it. Um, but between that and them being relatively healthy at this point, um, you know, it was only four practices in that, at that on Wednesday, but, um, you know, better to be healthy than not early on. There you go. Bass, you right, talked about it. What's that? What's that? No, nothing, nothing. Um, you know, one guy we didn't touch on or you didn't touch on really there, Parker, is is the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Martinez. Perhaps, perhaps you folks have heard of him. He'll be going into his fourth year as a starter this year. Uh, has gotten a lot of – I don't know if you call it hype. Do you call it hype? Maybe. A lot of praise from coaches, teammates, just for how he's looked. Uh, has apparently been very sharp. Uh, Sean Becton yesterday, I thought – had some eye-opening comments calling it calling St. Adrian's look the best he's ever seen him. Um, uh, it's a complete night and day difference from past years to this year on every front leadership, you know, physical, the way he looks physically, the way he's playing, all those sorts of things. And we all know he's going to be the guy. There's no surprises there. And he's going to have to be, be the guy and be healthy all year long if Nebraska wants to get to where it wants to go. And by all accounts so far, He's he's fit the bill. Obviously, you got to go do it in the games, but so far it seems like Adrian's kind of kind of lived up to the expectations that this team's had for him so far. Yeah, through five. I mean, through five practices. What's today? I think today was six, and they put on full pads for the first time. Yep. Um, we should make clear that we don't see practice any meaningful practice. So you're kind of just going on what people say. Yeah, simple. What? How do you? But like when you hear Sean Beckton say that, and then obviously. We talk to other people just in the course of doing our jobs. I mean, how do you square what the, the sort of line on Adrian Martinez? Because there, ha I think there's been a lot of buzz about him through the first week. And he obviously has a lot of physical abilities. And they've also struggled overall as an offense the past two years. And Martinez playing inconsistently has been a piece of that puzzle. It's not the whole thing, obviously. It's more... The conversation is about more than just the quarterback, um, but he would be the first to tell you there's, he's turned it over too often and all that sort of stuff. So, like, how do you reconcile at this stage of Adrian's career how lofty the talk about him has been so far in camp? Well, just it's I look at it like it's a carryover from the spring. I mean, remember yeah. the spring conversation about him was positive too, uh, and and a lot of that was about the zip in his arm and how good a shape he was in. And that, that's carried over. Um, it's all carried over. It's very, it's very genuine. I don't question it at all. I mean, there's no, I mean, I, I would, I'm not questioning what Sean Becton says. It seemed very real. Um, Sean said it all with a big smile on his face. It's really, really, I, I know, I know what people literally as words are coming out of your mouth, people are rolling their eyes. I get it. Everybody's a skeptic about everything, but um I, I think it's genuine, um, I'm, and it's a tribute to Adrian that he stuck through it all, um, continues to work really hard, got himself in great shape, got himself in a great place mentally. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, I think he just, when, when he uh, talked to the media last week, he verbalized where he's at mentally and it sounded perfect to me. Like he's, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, but also kind of with like a man with nothing to lose. Um, that sounds pretty good to me. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, at all, if he has a huge season. But in, in part because they put pieces around him now too. Yeah. And that's primarily receiver and tight end. Um, and I think they're pretty good up front. We'll have to see it running back. It's interesting to me because 2018 feels like a long time ago um, at this point for more than one reason, obviously, but some of the things that you saw him do as a freshman, you just thought, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, and Oops. yeah, there's been a lot more than, like I said, there's been a lot more than one thing that's gone wrong over the 19 and the 20 season, not least of which is just a complete and utter revolving door um, at wide receiver. I mean, they don't have a single guy. We're going to talk about Xavier Betts. They, they, they do not have a single guy on scholarship well, they have one now with Wyatt Lever going on scholarship, but Wyatt Lever is the only scholarship wide receiver they have who was even on the roster in 2019. And he didn't play. They don't have a guy on the roster at wide receiver who appeared in a game before last year. It's a whole, they, they rebuilt the receiver room once when, when Scott first got here and it didn't work at all. And now all of those guys are gone and it's an entirely new set over the past 18 months or so. And if those guys really, you know, Adrian said, I thought it was interesting last week. I asked him about that in general. And he said, well, it's funny you say that because it doesn't really feel like a new group to me because of the amount of work we got in the spring and all that. And so if they hit the ground running, which I think there is some if attached to that, um, you know, you don't, I'm not going to just sort of blindly assume it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happens that way. If they hit the ground running, um, it has the potential to look a lot different than it did last year. And just the, that potential, I think is really interesting, you know, whether or not it actually comes to fruition, you know, right away. Yeah. He's fascinating. I mean, it's been fascinating for three plus years now and, and it just, it hasn't, it hasn't waned at all for, for all the reasons you just outlined Parker. There's it, he's just so, he's so important to, to what this season can be or could be for the Huskers, to Scott Frost, to Trev Alberts, to any number of people associated with the athletic department. He's, he's the guy and he has to be the guy. And from a, you know, from the maturity standpoint, part of it, there's, you can obviously handle that. And he's showed that for, for years now. He showed that when he was a freshman coming here, you know, and the first time he, he was standing up there doing interviews with us. And But there's also a difference between saying you're ready for that and believing you're ready for that. And then actually like understanding what it is and being at peace with it. And I think Adrian's talked a little bit about that a little bit with the media, some on his own podcast and all that sort of stuff about being sort of steeled for it and ready for it as a freshman. And then when it really hits you in the face, like I'll, one of the sort of memories that, that sticks with me about Adrian is the summer before his sophomore year at the, at the road race, the um, team Jack, uh, road race there were every player on the rosters there right and they're all around and the blood the, the line for adrian martinez before his sophomore year when he was starting to get like heisman hype and all that it was a block long you know and it and when adrian moved it was like that you know that those old block phones you could play like the snake game that that was like yeah. what the line was for adrian like it, when adrian walked 
the line just like moved with him. And it, I, that was sort of like more than maybe anything I've seen um, since Adrian's been here. That was like, you're like, holy cow, like the, the amount of eyes on a 19 year old kid at any given time. So I think one of the things that's been interesting to watch this spring and going into this preseason camp is just, you, you never know for sure, but it does seem like he's sort of at peace with who he is and what his role is. And it's a big one, you know, at, at, at the school and, and, and in this football program. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. He, like you said, he, it's easy to talk about it and it's one thing to accept it. And, and, some guys, it takes a while to accept a role like that. And it's, it's taken Adrian a while. And, and if, if that turns out to be true, he's probably going to have a great year. And even if it turns out not to be true, he's, he might be talented enough to still have a pretty good year because the guys around him uh, and how those guys are maybe better than what he's had. So yeah, fa fascinating stuff uh, as always about Adrian, for sure. Um, one of the guys that's going to catch passes from Adrian uh, is Xavier Betts. Uh, this year, at least he hopes to catch passes from Xavier, from Adrian. And he spoke with the media yesterday and I thought, I thought he was super, super um, open uh, and honest just about, you know, his development as a player uh, after his freshman season last year and, and the kind of the money quote from him, you know, he said, I'd say my desire to get better has grown a lot more since the spring and the spring was there, but it wasn't as big and as deep as it should have been. And then over the summer, I kind of found ways to improve that. You just don't hear guys say stuff like that very often. You know, you don't hear guys saying, ah, I want to just, it, it wasn't quite where it needed to be. And it's, it's pretty clear he had, you know, had an epiphany or had a come to Jesus talk or with somebody, whatever it may have been. He, he mentioned talking with his father about, about ways to get better, but to hear a, a, a guy that's going into his second year of college football, you know, uh, as a sophomore. And, I, you know, it has a lot of hype on him, not, not the same level that Adrian has, but to hear a guy just be honest about that and be open and saying, yeah, I, I didn't really have that desire that I needed to have, you know, going into this off season. It was, it was pretty, pretty refreshing. I thought, and, and pretty, pretty eye opening for a guy that's got a ton of talent and, and flashed it, you know, from time to time, he had the, obviously the 45 yard, catch and run against Penn state where he took the, took the jet sweep around the right side, outran a bunch of dudes to the end zone. You know, physically he fits what Nebraska wants. A lot of this focus this spring has been and this summer has been on Omar Manning, Samari Torre, and rightfully so those guys are really talented, but it almost seems like Xavier Betts has been overlooked a little bit and he might be the, the third best receiver on that team when it's all said, maybe the second best when it's all said and done, who knows? He's got that kind of talent. So just, to, just fascinating to listen to him talk about what he's, what he kind of had to do as far as an attitude adjustment and to, to kind of try and take that next step as, as a player. Simple. What did you, what'd you think of uh, Sean Becton? How would you like it if they rolled out against Illinois and uh, you know, that Nebraska was starting with the ball and the two guys back deep to return to kickoff were Xavier Betts and Omar Manning. Yeah, well, it looked good. Um, I like I like the fact that Omar Manning and Xavier Betts are, you know, they raise their hand and want to do that because um, it's a critical part of the team. And those guys are big. I mean, they're big time athletes. I mean, the jury's out as far as what kind of football players they are. But um, I mean, Betts showed me enough last year that he clearly has a lot of potential. And you saw him walk up there. I mean, he's six two two hundred. I mean. Um, 
he's good looking and, and Omar Manning is too. So yeah, that, that's good. That, 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 uh, that kickoff return discussion just began. There's about 30 guys that are probably in that. In the I think you're in the discussion right now. So. Yeah. I mean, they just started it yesterday. So um, now the punt returns a little more defined. It seems like Cam Taylor Britt, uh, Cam Taylor Britt's probably the leader, but Oliver Martin is there. Brody Belt is in that conversation, and so is uh, Kamonte Grimes. Now, Becton said Kamonte Grimes is probably someone someone they would look at down the road. Um, it'll be Cam Taylor Britt or Oliver Martin. You know, the, the whole thing with Cam Taylor Britt is you got catching the ball, and, he, and Becton said when he concentrates, he's really good. When he's got full concentration, remember he bobbled one against Iowa that really hurt him. Um, but uh, he, I think he'll be Cam Taylor Britt. He's dynamic. He's the thing about Taylor Britt is really quick. Taylor Britt is not super straight line fast, but he's super quick, and that's that's what you want. That first that first that first move is big, you know, in that situation. Yeah, it's interesting. Those were the two guys. Like last year, it was mostly Taylor Britt uh, in the middle part of the season, and then it was Taylor Britt and Oliver Martin down the stretch. So. To have the, both those guys coming back with experience doing it will help. I thought it was interesting, Baz, one more thing on, on Xavier Betts. I thought it was interesting that last week uh, Adrian Martinez was asked in front of the whole group who, if there was somebody who he thought was a breakout candidate, and he that's who he thought about it for a second and then said Xavier Betts. And I, I sort of took that in that moment. You know, of course, like I'm sure Adrian believes that, um, but it also sounded like an old guy – lifting up a young guy who maybe, you know, that the thing I, I thought in that moment, like, Oh, well, you know, in the spring for the spring game, remember they had, you got most, almost all the dudes on the red team and everybody else on the white team and the coaching staff put Xavier Betts on the white team. You know, he wasn't with that top group of receivers. He didn't play with Adrian at all. And so when, when Martinez said that, uh, you know, before the first day of camp, it sort of registered in my mind of a leader you know, and then a leader saying that about a guy maybe who could use it. And then Xavier Betts yesterday talked to you about that positive reinforcement from his teammates and how much that means to him. And thought, well, that's that shows you exactly why Adrian Martinez sort of went to that well last week. Yeah, and Adrian wasn't the only one. Uh, Deontay Williams up at uh, Big Ten Media Days said the same. He was asked about guys that, that could have breakout years, and Deontay said Xavier Betts, and that's a guy that's been here longer than Adrian. You know, he's going into his sixth year of college football, um, four of them here at Nebraska. That, guy, that guy's 20, 23 years old, 24 years old. He's 36 years old. 36 years old. He's 47 years yeah. old. And um, it, Again, another guy that's that's plays in the defensive backfield that's probably going up against Xavier Betts a lot in practice, a guy that's a leader, a guy that's kind of no nonsense, is going to tell you, tell you like it is, and – Mentioned Xavier Betts, and you're right. Xavier said he said hearing it from my teammates and and from those guys inside the program. He said that's the best way for him to hear it uh, because it lets him know that that he's doing what he needs to do, and his teammates are seeing that. And and it makes it Xavier said it makes me want to go out and play better and play harder for them. So that stuff kind of kind of feeds back on itself. So yeah, it's surely those guys as as leaders see that you know they're not Adrian's not dumb, Deontay's not dumb. They know how to push guys buttons. And that's one way it, it appears to get Xavier going. So that's two guys that 
played a lot of football for Nebraska. And like you said, I'm sure they believe that. I'm sure they're sincere when they say that, but they're also saying that to, to get a young guy going that they see has a lot of potential. Hey, Baz, congratulations on a great use of feedback. It's used way too much, but that was a great, that was a great usage of it. That's actually literally what feedback means. Thank you. What was, he, what was the word? He said, he, and that's that it feeds back. It was like, that's, oh, actually, yeah. that's actually, that's actually like a correct usage of feedback. Feeds back upon itself, that, that positive reinforcement, making a guy play better. It's, it's a snowball yeah. rolling downhill. Yeah. 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 Hey, how about another young guy, Nick Henrich, uh, guy that's been another young guy that's been talked about a lot uh, so far through these first few practices. Guy that's, that's battled some injuries, but another guy from the Omaha area, ton of potential. Guy that has a chance to play a lot of football this year. I, I guess your guys' thoughts on on young Nick at linebacker. Yeah, Parker, uh, you're writing about him. I I just did, and I used most of the questions that you asked Barrett about it. So you can talk about it. I thought <laughs> I thought that was an interesting. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting conversation um, and I was there for part of it. And then simply you were there for part of it about, you know, if there's a guy like if, if Barrett Root's talking about like the finer points, like, of course, the guy knows, you know, uh, and a crazy amount just about football schematics, X's and O's, all that. But one of the things about Barrett is because he lived it for so long in the NFL, you know, playing in the middle of defenses, I find it very interesting when he talks about, the little things that maybe you don't notice if you just turn on the TV on Saturdays or Sundays. And that, that's what he's talking about with Nick Henrich is just Henrich has to find ways to keep himself on the field because he's had, he's dealt with injuries. I mean, dating back to high school, you know, he missed part of his senior year of high school, wasn't available in some of the playoffs and then re- tried to play in the state championship game, re-injured his knee. And then he was on campus, you know, six weeks after that. And, and, missed spring ball has had shoulder surgery and so like he's just you know he's one he's dealt with it early in his career now we've seen guys Jojo Doman's a good example Cam Jurgens is a good example guys who have been sort of oft injured early in their career and then they have a really long stretch of healthy productive football and so you know it's not you're not calling Nick Henrich injury prone or something like that but he's just he's dealt with injuries so far in his career so uh, Barrett, I thought was really interesting in talking about, you know, he, he was asked about the, what's the next step for Nick. And it wasn't like figure out, you know, fine tune the scheme. It wasn't figure out what offensive linemen are trying to do to him. It was, you know, Barrett Root saying he's got to find a routine that helps him stay on the field. And that prehab prehab. Yeah. He used I do that prehab. prehab. What that sounded like to me, prehab. the answer was like, it's a lot of work like the maintenance element of it. Once you've had those kind of injuries and football is a lot of work. It's as you said, Baz, prehabbing. I mean, Barrett said you got a shoulder injury. Maybe there's a shoulder routine you do in the weight room or the training room every day after practice to sort of protect yourself. Like those are the things that I think your average fan doesn't necessarily, your mind doesn't go, there. you know, it's about tackling dummies or, or, or film or whatever, but these are the things that are sort of in front of that are in Nick Henrich's present and future um, in Barrett Root's eyes, at least they're going to help him be um, on the field a lot. And Barrett, I mean, like it was almost like an afterthought. I mean, Barrett Root said, if he's on the field, he's going to be really productive for us. So you just got to be on the field. So I thought that was a very interesting. I just thought it was an interesting conversation all around. What, what were you thinking as you were talking with Barrett about it? Simple. 
Well, I, I mean, I didn't even know what he what uh, what Chenander was saying. I think sim- almost simultaneously yeah. that Henrich was uh, actually had was one of the better players on the team in the spring, um, which is a revelation in itself. And it's interesting. I mean, it's that's good. I mean, that 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 uh, that, that top group of inside linebackers is pretty good. And if Henrich is one of the best players on the team, that that's that bodes well for everybody. Um, you know, Reimer, Henrich, and Kolarovich, they're pretty good at the top of that depth chart. Now they got they got some work to do after that. They young guy, they got a bunch of young guys um, that really need to step up. Well, in fact, they don't even have a lot of young guys that need to step up. They have about three. Yep. So Barrett, Barrett is looking for depth, but but I'd feel really comfortable with those top three. But again, Reimer's been hurt a lot too. If you roll into Oklahoma without one of those guys, it's a little scary. And if you roll into Oklahoma without two of them, forget it. Oklahoma yeah. will score 60. They'll score not 60. Only, not only that, simple, like those two guys, yeah, th- those guys have dealt with injuries at Nebraska, but Kalarovic missed half of the 18 season and then half of the 19 season bridged, you know, almost a full year because of a foot injury. So he, he's dealt with it too uh, in his college career. So three guys that are – potentially dynamic players that Nebraska really likes. Um, and I think the it's a li- maybe a little dramatic to say the fortunes of the defense, but maybe not. I mean, those are the three guys you got to play in the middle of your defense. Um, and if they can stay on the field and, and be productive and play in 10, 11, 12 games each, uh, you know, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, All and right. I don't mean any disrespect to Jake Snodgrass or Ativa Maga Clements. Garrett, Garrett. Um, they're just young guys. Garrett, it's Garrett Snodgrass. Yeah. Who's Jake Snodgrass? He was. He's a part. Text me all the Part time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Garrett, they're just young guys. Um, yeah. Right. And you know they're not getting the lion's share of the reps. So, if, like I say, I mean, if you throw him, throw them in there against Oklahoma, man going to be rough and I'm sure Barrett has that in the back of his mind when he's talking about those guys need to stay healthy yeah um that's a big test I mean I was I was reading about Oklahoma that game is scary that's a scary ass game in Norman usually is down there in Norman America we'll be making a treat down here in a month or so Norman America Barrett, Barrett mentioned special teams when he was talking about that like that that's why you need more than more than just a couple guys and I think it really makes a big difference. And I, again, it's sort of like you say, simple. It's not to limit. It's not to limit the potential roles of a Garrett Snodgrass or a you know Malga Clements or whatever to only special teams. But those guys are going to be asked. Like Garrett Snodgrass was last year a, a core special teams player, and he's going to be asked to be that again, I'm sure. And if you have those guys um, and a jet, you know Jackson Hanna or even one of the young guys, maybe for four games, you know Kapai or Malcolm or. Wyndon Hohuli or whoever it is, like if you've got, if you're at least getting high quality, you know, upper echelon special teams reps from those guys, then maybe you feel like you don't have to put Luke Reimer on a kickoff team, uh, you know, or something like that. And so, but if you can't, like if you're getting, uh, to use a baseball term, replacement level special teams play from the guys that are a little further down the depth chart, you might feel like you got to have Kalarovic or Reimer or someone on your coverage units and that then, you know, that then you're then you're sort of taxing those guys further. So important all around for for the depth to continue developing there. That's some good right. football talk, fellas. 
Any yeah. hoops? What, what's going on in hoops? Not much hoops. Uh, wrapped up summer workouts earlier this week. Guys have scattered back to their homes here for a couple of weeks. They'll get a couple of weeks off. Uh, that includes the coaching staff. They're getting some vacation in right now. Uh, they'll reconvene right about the time school starts. That's when they expect uh, Kisi Tomonaga to arrive on campus as well. He's the only player that hasn't gotten to town yet. So by all accounts, strong summer. Uh, got through it relatively healthy. They got Lat Mayan going a little bit at the end. He's been battling a little bit of a back issue. Got got him going a little bit there at the end of the, of the workout. So that's a positive sign. But yeah, I think they feel really good with where they're at. I think Fred Hoiberg's pretty content with where things are right now, you know, and now you get them back in the fall and, and get to get your four hours per week uh, until official practice starts. And, and then you're off and running. They're going to be playing Colorado in that exhibition game here before we know it uh, at the end of Colorado. So getting close, but yeah, it's solid summer by all accounts for the, for the basketball team. Now a couple weeks off. All right. What's, Hey, what, what's that? So what is the date of that exhibition? Do you know off the top of your head? October 30th, I believe. Let me, it's public information. We can look it up here. That is, it's public information. Very public. I'm on the website right now, basketball schedule. Uh, they got Peru State Exhibition October 27th, Colorado Exhibition on Halloween. Uh, so that'll be a Halloween game. Uh, no, okay. if it, it's at noon on Halloween. So you can come watch the exhibition, then go put your costume on, go trick-or-treating uh, if you want. Then the season opener, official season opener is November 9th. So a little over a week later uh, against Western Illinois. So, yeah, those are the kind of the dates to keep in mind. They get to start, I believe, 40. They can start practice 40 days before their first game. And so that would put you into September, uh, first regular season game. So that's put you in the end of September before you can start official practices. So, again, month, month and a half away from starting hoops practice. And we're two months away, basically, from the season getting started. So it's not far, excuse me, not far away. It's all happening. Else? It's all happening. We're It's going to happen. We're going to play a football game in 23 days. Hopefully we've got our credentials approved for Illinois. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're ready to road gonna trip. Be, Baz is going to be, we're going to, it's going to be a heck of a car ride over there. And then Baz oh, is I'm so, I'm going to be absolutely unbearable. Or I haven't yeah. gone on a road trip since 2019. So I'm going to be just a complete ass in the car for like eight. Wow. And then you, how many customers are you going to hammer in the, in the oh, press? Well, the last time I was there, I think I had four. I had so many, it made me sick and I'm a grown adult. So that tells you about what my willpower, they have this great custard place in Champaign, Illinois, for those that don't know what we're talking about. I forget the name of it, but it's incredible. And they have it in the press box there. And they had this lemon custard, lemon. Know, little, little styrofoam containers and, your boy was smashing those at halftime and into the third quarter of a game that came down to like the last possession. Uh, so I was really locked into what was going on uh, for most of that game. So looking forward to just doing horrible things with the local cuisine back on the road. Again. You had one custard for every tough Wandale Robinson run in the second half. It's about right. It's about right. Yeah. That's, that's about it. I remember, remember Wandale. What a time that was. I said, give me the he's rock. He's calling for the ball. I told he's he's calling calling for give me the rock. He was doing this, and it wasn't to come out. It was to feed me. He's doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah he was doing that. Yeah, he was asking for the ball. All right, guys. We're going to wrap this baby up. 200 episodes. Shout out to everybody who's tuned in for all 200. If you have, then what's wrong Thank with you? you? Um, I, but we'll have hopefully 200 more coming down the pike. Not all at once. That would be crazy. But thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.